0: Hello! It's us! It's you! We're here! Together! Why are we here? For another exciting week on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, Argentina's number 5 television <laughs> show podcast.
1: And I don't think we, we've kept that. I think we've been drastically falling since, but we're gonna <laughs> wear that badge proudly for the rest of our lives. Welcome to the show you can officially support You Can't Disappoint a Podcast now on Patreon at patreon.com can'tdisappointpodcast. It's the place to go to help us move this show forward, and there's all kinds of exclusive content, fun interaction events with Stephen and myself, and all types of ways to influence our show on a weekly basis. So please consider supporting us on Patreon.
0: If you want to get in on the action, make sure you email us your trivia, your MVP, and your funniest moments from that week's episode over to our email at podcast at gmail.com, and we will read it right here on the show. We sure
1: will, even if you <laughs> beg us not to. Also,
0: <laughs> hang out with us on the socials
1: every week off the podcast. You know, we're on Facebook and YouTube under our podcast title. You can also find us on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast and Twitter, where we probably do the most of our uh, uh, jovial lollygaggery at You Can't Disapod. So come hang out with us over there. Yeah, make sure you uh, give us you
0: smash that like and subscribe button give us that attention that we so desperately crave yeah throw throw us your hearts your wallets and a couple kisses here and there and we'll keep on pushing out this baby of ours that we call you can't disappoint a podcast
1: I need to know what you want to do next (laughs)
0: So many things, Avid. So many things. Excelsior! Huzzah!
1: Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. And, you know, this... Even if technically... I guess this is any other episode of this podcast. I think it's a really special
0: one because of what we're here to talk about today, right? I think it is, one might say, it is the most important episode about an episode about a game that we've ever done. I almost
1: think you could make that less of a vague statement, and it would still hold true. I think this is a really important podcast of an important episode of an important show, so we're going to have a lot of fun, and I promise that uh, we will not treat it seriously at all. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) We would never. (laughs) So welcome to the show. You can't disappoint a podcast. Another week, what is this, like 38 or 9 or something like that? We're getting very close to 40 and very close to 50 things of these that we've done wow insane we're getting really close to a year i think a year is in may that's crazy yeah we've almost been doing this for a year and it man is it just a well-oiled machine at this point isn't it
0: yeah i mean now we alternate between extra virgin olive oil motor oil and castor oil but it it is oiled next week's baby oil baby oil yeah why is that hard for me to say right now baby yeah. oil. you don't want to know how many babies we had to slaughter to <laughs> to harvest all of their
1: sweet sweet when oil. you
0: squeeze them real hard and just wring them out we're them hollywood off.
1: elite now so most of our uh most of our problems are cured by blood
0: and other baby related things yes of course if you want to fund that uh because <laughs> babies <laughs> yeah. ain't cheap uh come on down to our patreon at www dot <laughs> Patreon dot web dot, dot, dot Patreon
1: computer <laughs> <laughs> slash can't disappoint podcast. Yeah, that'd be great. We've we've introduced ourselves. Yeah, I know. I'm glad that people are here today. Welcome to the show. I'm Zach,
0: the beleaguered gnome. And I'm Bing Bong, aka Steven, the well endowed. At least that's what my but <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk for a second My about the Patreon said. and I'll
0: and I'll oh and I'll
1: <laughs> and I'll uh segue into that by saying we just did the pre show, which was a lot of fun today. We played games with Dave of Apartment Three O Three, another really great community podcast that you should absolutely be checking out. So shout out to them and a couple other friends joined us to play games. Our our shared significant other was there. Mm-hmm. Got a little hot and steamy for a minute, didn't it? It
0: did. Yeah. 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 Still sweating. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, And it was a lot of fun, and I thought it was really funny because me and Steven both chose a the well-endowed <laughs> display name for the pre-show. And the pre-show is, of course, part of the Patreon that we just talked about a second Patreon. ago. As low as $5 a month, you can get all kinds of exclusive podcasts like Nerd nostalgia and like the Scrubs podcast that Steven and I did and the weekly live stream pre-podcast to this show – that we do over there every week and what you get here on you can't disappoint a podcast of course is the main meat and potatoes but you can't disappoint show is a nice bread and
0: butter before the meal that really brings it all together exactly if you want to get your biscuits buttered by yeah. zach and i once a yeah. week yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> at least come on once down a week. several times a week really we've been throwing butter right yeah
0: we yeah. i i'm just covered in butter all the time looking for some yeah. biscuits to to get in between, <laughs> yeah. In between, if you A lot will.
1: of fun over there, doing different stuff all the time. So come check us out.
0: How are you today, friend? I'm good. I am. Uh, I really enjoyed watching this episode. I hadn't seen it in at least a, a couple years, mm. so it made me really happy to watch again. It's so good, so good, and I'm yeah. excited to talk about it with yeah. you. Yeah,
1: I'm. Gl- I'm excited to talk about it too. It really is, man. I. Uh, So much of this podcast so far has felt like upward movement to where, like, in the beginning we said so much, these episodes are great, but it's not exactly the community that I love, and we've gotten to watch it mold into the community that I love, and now we're here in what is maybe the absolute peak of it being the community that we love. Not that it doesn't continue to for the rest of its run, but we're really at the everything's firing on all cylinders. And it's been doing it for a while, and this is like the pinnacle of a of a series of really great episodes in this season,
0: right? Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about kind of where I place this one mm. overall at the sure. end, but it's not at the bottom, I'll tell you that. Huh. It's next to the bottom, right?
1: <laughs> exactly. How's the dance world? Any new things happening? Are you... Uh, what and and a uh, follow up question what are covid restrictions like in chicago right now are you starting to see okay. more opportunities to be dancing in public
0: um yes and no uh chicago right now has gone back to indoor dining which for mm-hmm. everyone not in chicago or like in indiana you're like indoor dining stopped but yeah uh <laughs> in chicago we a, a lot of just uh,
1: i think new york did it this past week too mm-hmm. and
0: a lot of people were like
1: uh really yeah
0: i uh so actually i had my first inside eating experience in Mm -hmm. a long time uh last i guess a couple mondays ago i went uh with a friend like in the middle of the day when it was pretty empty and got some food and a drink and that was nice it was kind of weird yeah but it was really pleasant you know all the tables are pretty spread out from each other but it was nice um so that's happening now. People are going out to bars, but I think it's still like don't sit at the bar. It's like you be at the table and you don't have to sure. have a mask on when you're like eating, but if your is coming to the table or if you get up to go to the bathroom, you just put your mask on. And that's uh, how it
1: should be. Here yeah. waiters are always wearing masks, but I feel like uh I, I feel like I need to have one on when I'm around people and totally. waiters around here and they're totally just doing it out of like Midwestern kindness. They'll mm. be like Oh, honey, you can take that off. You don't have to wear that. I'm, I'm keeping mind We keep everything clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I'm, I feel like we're in a place here where, or another, like I work for DoorDash, as I've mentioned a few times, and I was mm-hmm. picking up an order at a drive-thru, and I always put on my mask when I'm in a drive-thru. Yeah. And I I could hear from behind the closed window, like the employee, like a young girl being like, that guy's got a mask on.
0: I don't know. like it, it's Yeah, people in Indiana are like, you wear your mask in the car? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, cause uh, I'm so used to just having it on because I I teach in it all day, you know. So eight yeah. hours of dancing in it, I can handle kind of a car ride. Yeah. Well, and I take Ubers everywhere, so I'm used to being in a car with my mask on. So sure. It's like I just never take it off until I get into my room. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: I well, probably. I mean, I'll obviously continue to wear a mask until after I'm I'm vaccinated. Until mm-hmm. probably the rest of this year, I would imagine. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're we're gonna be wearing masks around, but what's what's uh, promising. It, 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 we feel it feels like we're getting close. It feels yeah. like we're getting close to the next thing. Vaccinations are looking good here in Indiana. The age limit is lowering all the time. Nice. Um, both of my parents are vaccinated. My mom's about to get vaccinated. Wow. My dad's been vaccinated. Um, Lily's dad is getting his first vaccination soon, and and I'm sure they're it, the the it's getting closer and closer to being well accepted. And I feel like once both of our sets of parents have been vaccinated, we'll feel a little bit better. And totally. then once we get vaccinated, it'll just be icing on the cake to kind of go back is, to normal. I think my
0: mom is working on scheduling her first vaccination, Great. which is cool. My grandma has hear. both of hers. In Illinois, I think they vaccinated over 3 million people. Great. And uh, I have a student who's the uh, hospital director at the VA in Chicago. And he said there alone, they vaccinated over 20,000. Wow, that's amazing. Awesome. And it, yeah. it truly is amazing the way that this
1: is rolled out. And I know that there have been some speed bumps and some weirdnesses like who's eligible for it and who's yeah. getting it and and the way it's rolling out in different states. But the numbers and the data are looking really good. Yeah, they are. It's and things super are getting promising. Better. super promising. Um, super promising.
0: Yeah. Now as far as like dancing goes, now we still teach with mask on. I actually had my first yeah. experience with a student who didn't want to wear a mask. Um it was uh she was an older woman, but she had gotten both vaccinations and she like we have a mask policy at the studio. And she was like, I wear glasses and I don't want them to fog up. And I was like, okay, well can you try dancing without the glasses? And she did. And it, didn't, um, it wasn't working out. Well, it was, it was fine. It was a fine lesson, but her thing was, she just can't understand why she would have to wear a mask. She got yeah. like, I'm vaccinated. I was like, well, the rest of us aren't. And you know, it, and just, the C D C still says to
1: continue wearing a mask yeah, after being. Because vaccinated. you know,
0: even though you're vaccinated, it doesn't mean you're totally immune. It just means that you can fight it better, you know. You might be able to spread it, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, she ended up not wanting to continue after her first lesson because she was like, I just can't see myself dancing in a mask and you know it, it stinks, but I would rather be on the side of safety than, you know, have someone come in and Yeah. But uh, I
1: really respect that you did that because it would be easy and respectable to say, OK, madam you're the only person that's in here. Fine. You yeah, because totally, she
0: was the only one taking a lesson at that time, too. And I could have been like, you just take it off and do it. But I'm like, you know, I'm not going to. People definitely don't do stuff like that around here. Like
1: there're signs mm-hmm. everywhere that you have to wear a mask, but like the employees are half-assed wearing their masks yeah. and the people that come in aren't and nobody says anything. But let's that's enough of this. Let's I want to stop talking about it. Honestly, I do feel like we're on the edge of something better, like a lot better.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, Americans have tried as hard as they can to make it not happen that way and yeah. that's not getting any easier, but I think it's getting better. It's yeah. getting better. And it's nicer outside? It is. It's been so nice. The weather's nice. Yeah. Um, we need to give a shout the- out. Yeah, go ahead. We- we'll go give your thought. I want to hear.
0: Well, I was going to say in the beginning of June I'll be going to my first in-person competition. That's exciting. And, and I'm, sure yeah. I'm sure it's I'm
1: sure it's going to be nerve wracking in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it that's is. exciting. Yeah. Getting to do live theater over the last couple months, it really was something that was kind of I was doing it a little selfishly. Uh, being as careful as i can but it was just uh, too good to pass up and and I, I i feel like i've i've done a lot to try to be careful and, and i i gave myself that thing and i well, i was always master and on stage face mm-hmm. shields and stuff like that but it just felt so good to collaborate with people and to meet some new people yeah. and to put something together with some people and to remember that i'm kind of good at it and mm-hmm. i haven't flexed any of those muscles in a long time it was totally. really nice and i'm sure a lot of that will be when you're able to start dancing in person in yeah. front of a small audience or in a in a room where you feel the lights and you and you can taste the reactions from people i think yeah i'm sure it'll be great
0: yeah very exciting
1: let's uh, we gotta shout out the our papa over at communities who you know try as he might all the time to to say otherwise he's our dad
0: <laughs> I, don't, I
1: feel. I feel like we don't even have to say
0: it anymore. You know, everyone knows. Everyone knows he's our dad. And at this point, like, how many people do you have to like have believed something for just become yeah. fact law?
1: Well, honestly, we've learned that it only it, it takes a small majority, and I, I think we have that. So mm-hmm. we've got the fake numbers. news. He's our dad. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what he says, he in quotations. If it's that deep, communities, let's go on Maury and talk about it. Yeah, and communities at communities on Twitter is a great way to just stay informed with the community fandom and, and if there's any content going out, they'll be the first ones to break the news on it. So you should give them a follow. And we're also brought to you by our ten dollar not patrons, which are who? We've got Justin Brummett. We've yes. got Danny Martinez Lugo. Yes. We've
0: got Mary Baker Budisa.
1: And they're the best. We appreciate them very much, and all of our $5 patrons we appreciate as well. And if you would like to have your name read out, become a $10 and up patron at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Do it. And let's do this thing. We're here to talk about Season 2, Episode 14 of Community Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. It was directed by the... Yeah, it was directed by the great Joe Russo, who has 21 directing credits across the series, and it was written by the great Andrew Guest, who previously wrote Advanced Criminal Law, Romantic Expressionism, Messianic Myths in Ancient Peoples, and after this, he only has one more writing credit. It's the first half of the season finale of Fistful of Paintballs, and it originally aired on February 3rd, 2011. And, you know, we've been kind of having a quote-unquote political conversation so far, and I feel like because we're going to heap a lot of praise on yeah. this episode, we've got to start with the thing, okay? The thing. We've got to talk about the elephant in the room. The,
0: the dark elf in the room.
1: Yes, which the blackface in the room, which is that this episode is removed from most, if not... I think it's on Amazon Prime, but I, it's been mm. removed by most, if not all, streaming services that carry community for its depiction of blackface, and it was done so in a sweep of a lot of shows that had the same thing done. Uh, and I guess we should talk about it because it's always going to be something that is attached to this episode now, and it's a serious topic. So I feel like we have to get that out of the way before we heap praise on an episode of television.
0: Here's- and I want you to go. Tell yeah, us. I've never had an issue with this. I think that the point of it is that it's not. Blackface, now literally speaking, he is covered in black paint on his arms and hands and and the show
1: very much points at his character and says this is being seen as blackface in the episode
0: yeah and but if you look at like cosplay culture and stuff like that now blackface is always bad but there's a difference between blackface and being painted black because blackface is when you know the lips are exposed sometimes you paint the lips like extra red or pink to try and make it look like the old caricatures of african americans in like media and cartoons and stuff like that. I don't know, dark elves have black skin. I and and I get that it's a joke that like they were pushing it a little bit with it, but I've never taken issue with it because I don't see this as uh he's in blackface. I mean, and I'll say I love the movie Tropic Thunder and Tropic Thunder mm. quite literally has somebody mm. in blackface. And so... that uh, in a performance that's
1: Pretty frequently, I would say. I think yeah. it's important to state because not everyone listening to this has been listening to us for a long time. Not mm. everyone's listened to everything. I think it's important to say that not both of us are white, right? Yes, I think it's important I, to say I that am we have black. That, <laughs> that you saying that you don't have a problem with this isn't some white dude saying that, oh, yeah, yeah what's the problem? It's blackface, but whatever. That you are black and you have a valid opinion on this and you're someone who is really sensitive to this or I am yeah are. I consider myself I like a pretty to,
0: socially conscious person and I like to think that we both are yeah yeah um so I just wanted I, to
1: preface that with us saying that
0: it's a little bit of a head scratcher yeah I get that they were kind of trying to be extra careful and they're like okay anything with anything offensive let's take it down yeah before the libs come and cancel <laughs> us you know but yeah. I it was during a time where a lot of shows were getting a lot of heat for comments that at the time when they came out were not seen as as heavy as they do now yes um you know i i think that it's good to re-examine works like disney has the thing before Mm -hmm. that one where they're like this is old and it's racist um yeah revisiting
1: works is good And what Disney does with, uh, like, statements before something or how recently some of the animated classics that have uh, racist depictions of people are Mm -hmm. only available on adult profiles now. Yeah. And have a thing before them. That's good. I think stuff like that is good. I do err on the side that censorship is bad uh, from any side for the most Mm -hmm. part, right? Like, something along the line—like, something like Trump getting banned from Twitter— that makes sense. I get that's why good. Twitter, the platform, yeah. would do that. That's not exactly centric. Uh, I guess, okay, so to talk about what happens in the episode, it depicts Blackface in a uh, uh, Chang being dressed as a dark elf and everyone else in the room is able to see what it actually looks like. Mm-hmm. I believe that Chang, the character, would do something like that that looks just like that without knowing that that's what he was doing. Totally. And I also think that all of the jokes in the show are very much on the side of, this is bad, and that's the joke. Yeah. Uh, And that being said, I I agree that if something, if an image is harmful and it it needs to be removed, it needs to be removed, and I get that. Uh, With something like this episode, it feels not so much like that, like there was any call out for this. It was more that... The streaming services kind of decided that we don't want to have any material that's anything close to, like, the episodes yeah, we of Scrubs don't want people that to were get called mad. out. We don't want anything close to any of it. So they said, look through all the stuff, find anything that might be sketchy, and we'll pull it. Uh, it would feel a little bit different if it was the creators and, and the people on the show that say, hey, we're embarrassed by this and we shouldn't have done this. We think it should be removed. That's what happened with Scrubs. Uh, but but for it just to be kind of chosen and removed without analyzing, I feel like uh, it's a little problematic. And it, it, it's obviously racism hurts a lot more than what I'm about to say. But doesn't it hurt a little bit that people are going to find and fall in love with community the way that we did? And it'll be they won't even know that this one happened. And it's one of the best episodes of the show. Yeah,
0: that people are going to miss out on it.
1: I think yeah. we I think we said it. I think that's the mm-hmm. spiel. It's. It seems a little unnecessary, but I I obviously say that an episode of television is a fine price to pay for uh, fighting against racism if that's what this yeah, is. Yeah, totally. I just don't exactly. know if I exactly I would rather, that's what it is.
0: If it was choose between, like, nothing being taken out and nothing being, like, kind of put away and everything and us being... losing out on this, then I'd rather lose this episode than, you know, yeah. have people think that that sort of thing is is, you know... But
1: that being said, I want to—now we'll move away from that to say that I don't think this episode is just in the dark forever.
0: No. I think it'll
1: probably get added back eventually, and mm. it's a very, very integral episode of the show that's been celebrated for a very long time, and I think it'll continue to be, and I think it still is, even with it being yeah. unavailable on streaming platforms— because man, is this just? I hate that it has that preface next to it now. Because this is just in every single way an A plus
0: standout perfect episode of television. Yeah, it's so good. I think that it's easily. I mean, you can't even argue that it's not one of the best episodes of the show. But the fact that you can argue it's one of the best episodes of TV. Yeah, yeah, it's especially of so
1: sitcom. It's. So many shows have done things where the bit is there's, like, a character that likes to play Dungeons and & Dragons and maybe it plays into a storyline. I don't think anyone else has ever made the story of the episode the campaign, the story in Dungeons and & Dragons, and we go through it. Sure, they take some liberties to make it more accessible, but mm-hmm. it, I don't think anyone's ever made something that that you go along on the journey with them and see what playing D&D is, is like.
0: Well, and I think this is a pretty great, like, kind of – intro look at what it's like to play D and D and I think it's believable that people who have never done it before with the exception of like I mean, I could see Abed, even if he's ever done it, reading the manuals, learning about it and be like, okay, mm-hmm. let's do it. Yeah. And the way everyone else kind of the way they play along is very much in a way of somebody who doesn't have a lot of D and D experience. Now my mom and brother have played Dungeons and Dragons every week for the last like year and a half, two years. Wow, probably. that's cool. Yeah, and so they're, like, really into my brother, especially, like, is really knowledgeable, like, all, like, the books and stuff like that. But, like, that's what it's like. I mean, it's a group of people playing together. Now, they do it virtually now, which is neat. That's Which I, a lot of people do, do that. Lil's dad yeah. plays with a group of people every week, and they do it virtually. That's awesome. But it's it's a game that has stood the test of time because it was around my mom was younger, you know, and it's something and that... And probably even
1: longer than that.
0: Yeah. And, and yeah. I mean, think about, like, some of my favorite video games are... Dungeons and Dragons inspired I me. Mean, if you, if anyone plays the Elder Scrolls or Skyrim, so or many that.
1: things across the entire
0: sci, not sci-fi, I guess, but fantasy
1: genre are mm-hmm. not that Dungeons and Dragons wasn't inspired by what came before it, but it definitely inspired a lot of what came after it. And it, was, I, I've it never was a played the
0: Stream thing, I've never played it, it. it,
1: but this is. Oh, every time I watch this episode, you get the bug to want to try it just a little mm-hmm. bit. It looks so much fun. It's awesome. So let's do some trivia. Let's see how well we paid
0: attention to this episode. Let's do I've it. I've got, I believe, four questions for you. Uh, let me see exactly many I have. I have, either four, I have either four or five. Okay. Well, then you start whenever you get them. Give me one. Okay. <clears throat> I have
1: one. Oh, wait. what Act Trivia. What's we? I don't think we did one last week. What, act what's Trivia. What, what's the flavor? Did they send us mm. a flavor to sample this week?
0: Let me taste it. Let me just... Yeah. Take a, a, I didn't get a any, victory. but I, I
1: thought you had gotten gotten a package with your name on it. A big throbbing
0: package of Actrivia. I think it tastes kind of like wasabi but like if it's been kissed by an old man. Wow. Okay. So I like it.
1: Well, that no that 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 makes sense because they've been pushing a lot recently their their new line of yogurts that are all flavored their their the essence of old man kiss yeah So, old man the, kissed wasabi old mm-hmm. man kissed garlic old man <laughs> kissed sour cream and onion and old man kissed pineapple swirl they're all out there right now and they've all got that that it's it's like a nursing home kind of
0: well and, and you on. know who's on the cover is you know the guy from new girl that uh nick i talks was kind of thinking bench? the
1: same thing and he, he like holds just him like in him. a pool yeah and it tastes yeah. just like him too
0: yeah i'm happy right, well, thanks okay so give me a question uh <laughs> all right um how many species like tiers or levels uh lower than Brita is the gnome waiter? Is it five? It's five. Yeah, nice.
1: nice okay. Nice. This is kind of an easy softball. What is the dragon Dacron- <laughs> I can't even say it? What is the dragon Draconis guarding? His treasure.
0: Yeah. A pile of treasure, yeah. Pile of treasures. Um, how many armors does Lavernica have? What do you mean, does she list,
1: does she say a number, or is it just she how many she listed? She a listed? number. Five? <laughs> three. She has three that armors. Was, that was what my heart said first, I should have gone mm-hmm. with three armors. She also has a belt, and shoes, and a torch. In about
0: 13 turns, Pierce will die of what? Exposure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one. What kind of body of water contains the amulet that controls Draconis?
1: Damn, I remember, because we, I even asked Lil a question if things like that really happen in D&D, if there's like a certain body of water that has Mm -hmm. a certain thing at the bottom of it, and if you just so happen to run into it, you get like unlimited power, but I don't remember, was it a lake?
0: It was a reflecting pool.
1: Oh, okay, Yeah. yeah, I remember that. How many do you have? That makes my turn I have two more for you. Okay, cool. What is served in the tavern?
0: Ooh. I don't know. Mead. Mead, okay, nice. Have you ever had mead? I don't think so. Is it like a is it like a liquor? Like a hooch? It's like a yeah, I think so. It's like somewhere between like liquor and wine. Mm. Mmm, mead, (laughs) Mead. and of course
1: our sponsor today is
0: Newman's own mead. (laughs) Are you tired of being normal drunk? Mead, turn into a viking, punch a stranger, assault someone physically. Are you sick of getting the same type of sick every time you
1: go out drinking? Mead, it's a powerful punch in the head, I assume.
0: Do you want to be unsure whether you're throwing up vo- <laughs> alcohol or blood? Why not both? Mead. Mead.
1: It's the kombucha of alcohol, and it has no health properties. And thank
0: you for being a sponsor.
1: Promo code.
0: You can't disappoint podcast at mead at backslash at web. We're here forever. Three. And it's not a website. That's the promo
1: code. You that's t- the promo if you code. You type that in, in. If you type that in, you will get fifty cents off of your first case of meat. So thanks for being a sponsor. Uh, is it my? Uh, it's your turn to ask a
0: question. It is. Um, what game did Troy want to play instead of Dungeons and Dragons? I knew we should have played Shoots and Ladders. Correct. Have you played Shoots nice. and Ladders? Of course I have. It's I like Shoots and Ladders. Yeah. Not to be confused with the far superior version. Snakes, Snakes and, and escalators. escalators. Eels, eels and escalators. You got Escalators? Go.
1: Eels. <laughs> eels. <laughs> okay, my last question for you. What is Abed's Elven Maidens bedding made of? It's like maybe you'd like to come
0: back to my is bed. It it's made Heather? of Yes, Heather? it absolutely yeah! is. You nailed Hell it. Yeah. You got th- you got three out of four. Nice. Um last one for you. So Other let's see Neil... if I get two out of five or three out of five. <laughs> five. Let's see. Other Neil isn't yeah. that skinny. But what is he? There are two things. He's bald and he's black. Correct. One of
1: my favorite lines is Jeff taking the high road on, oh, well, I don't see the world through that lens, when they're talking about how he called a dude fat. Super funny. And let's not, let's waste no haste. What Mm -hmm. have the listeners sent in to us this week? We've
0: got four emails this week. Huzzah! (laughs) Almost enough for a whole D&D party. Wow. Wow. all right, now let's open this. Now, I have a bone to pick with okay. our significant other. Okay. Um, Lil, can you send an email like an adult, please? Yeah,
1: they sent in a screenshot of a notes app as if they're apologizing for their sexual assault allegations
0: Yeah. on Instagram. So, I'll, I will read this this time, but we have rules. This isn't even an option we suggest. Like, I'd rather get a Twitter DM, which we'll we get have, to later. We have a level of yeah. quality to, to uphold here. Um, all right. So the note from Lil says, Trivy. <laughs> oh, my God. So they can't even <laughs> spell trivia right. Yeah. Um, who is, is Jeff Quibi. the liar son of? William. The... William the un- unimportant or hardly no, known? No, it's like the rarely seen or hardly known or something yeah. like that. Um, what is everyone's character named? We have Mar-, Mar, but we have to say who everyone is. That's Jeff. Is Jeff Troy Bing is Bing Bong, Bong, the wizard. Britta is
1: Lavernica. Shirley is Zippity Doo. <laughs> and Annie, of uh, Annie is, is Hector the, the well endowed. And Neil, Neil is, is, is I am Duquesne
0: of Clan Duquesne. Duquesne. I think that's all he says. And Pierce Hawthorne is, is Pierce Hawthorne. Yes. Yeah. Is that everyone? Um, Did we get everyone? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nailed
0: it. Oh, Chang is. Uh, Brutalitas, the magician there we, go. There, there we thank you that was really good thanks um according to britta what is something jeff is not good at sex. sex that was great that was such a good dig yeah um how old does abed introduce pierce as and how old does pierce say he actually is 67 that be seven? and he says 66 dick yep yeah uh what kind of candy bar does pierce dangle in front of garrett's face i don't know that one was
1: it a snickers because i thought it was something a little more like something i wasn't familiar
0: with it was probably like a snacker or a but did they say snickers it looked like a snickers and they shook it in front lil's reach in there um (laughs) how many women think tail is better how many prefer giant ears and that would be a four to three split wow i thought it was more than that i thought only one or two people well, there were one, two, three, four. I think there were six women, and I think four of them said tail. Or four okay. of them said ears. Okay, so four to two. Mm. That's what I'm um, we'll saying. Favorite, favorite line, ooh, Neil.
1: Come on. How are we supposed to – I know what that means, but you can put a little more. It's uh, ooh, Neil.
0: When they're like ooh, ooh Neil. Neil. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, and their MVP is Abed. Smart good choice yeah thanks um, i guess for the half-assed thanks Whatever. lil you put let's about as much it more, let's not give it more let's not give it more attention that. than it deserves <laughs> okay uh <laughs> next <laughs> um next is from Cigaro bozart hello Cigaro. that is a
1: tight ass name that's a hell of a f- name Tell, let me hear it one more time but say it like real S- say it smooth <clears throat> our next email
0: is mm. from cigarro Bozart, my ovary is just tingled. <laughs> hey friends, I'm I'm gonna read this like like the ladies man from SNL. <clears throat> okay,
1: star hey, of friend. his own
0: film, Ladies Man, which was Yikes. not successful. Shout out to Tim Meadows, who I thought was Don Cheadle for the first eight years of my life. They're not. I'm I, th- I thought they were the same person. I was like Don Cheadle's on SNL. My mom was like
1: Don Cheadle no. is just the mask that uh, Tim Meadows has to put on so he can maybe win an Oscar. <laughs> Because he wouldn't
0: otherwise, right? He's Tim. Miller. Come on the show, Tim. Let's talk All about right. it.
1: What is Tim? What did Tim <clears throat> write in to say?
0: Hey friends, hey friends. <clears throat> uh. mm.
1: Here we go. A little rusty Tim. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey friends, Bo from SGC writing in to say one. Hope you're doing well,
1: Bo. You have such a bad ass name, and you call- <laughs> Bo is cool too. But you have that for a name, and you call yourself
0: Bo. Yeah, I feel like you're really missing an opportunity to just, like, slay the poon, my friend. Yeah. Uh, My favorite aspect of this episode is definitely Pierce. Yes, he's problematic, dickish, and flatulent. But in the context of this episode, I think he does a great job being a villain. His motivations feel genuine. The idea that he's willing to go full tilt into a game he's never played before, purely out of spite, is fantastic. And his line delivery throughout the episode is chef's kiss totally sure. agree there's one we're gonna talk about later that i think is maybe one of the best delivered lines in the history of community wow um chevy chase is a person but pierce in this episode is s tier in my opinion is that what he said or what that's you what said? he said okay um love y'all keep up the good work Aww. hope our internet paths cross again soon absolutely bo sent from my iphone thanks <laughs> bo so much that was, thanks for writing in thanks I for actually writing chase an email yeah. yeah you're better than our person who thinks that they yeah. love us yeah um with a name like that I'll, I'll ditch lil uh same we will Let me hear drop one more time cigarro bozart god damn yeah yeah that's now, that's, that's, that's a name all right that's I am I I starred that email so I can look at it later just to read your name. Thanks for um, the
1: email, man. It was great to talk celebrity pharmacology with you over on the Save Greendale Committee podcast. Definitely go check that out. If you haven't yeah. yet and also our interview on Six Seasons in a Podcast dropped this past week too. Another thing that we did that was really, really fun, and you should definitely go check that out too. I've been hearing the
0: numbers of people that are hearing our voices over there, and it's a good one. That's awesome. I, yeah. I I, who never listens to anything that we're a part of, actually listened to both of those things, and both and are great. they were so. both good, yeah. It yeah. was a lot of fun. Okay, what else we got? Okay, next we have from Brian. What's up? Long time
1: no email.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, still not an email this week. Okay. Uh, better than Lil, though. They did actually send it. Somewhere to us instead of just screenshotting right. their, yeah. their just putting their a deranged message in a bottle drawings. and throwing it in the ocean. <laughs> Hope it
1: gets to us by the time we record.
0: Yeah, uh, this is a message from Brianne. Um, she says it's been a while since I've sent one in. My favorite moment is the Annie describing her lovemaking scene while Troy mm-hmm. takes notes. MVP has to go to Neil. Trivia: Name everyone's character names. Bonus Done for it. character details. Yeah, we did that. Um, sorry. sorry my trivia isn't so great Aww. I get too wrapped up in this episode to find little details it's oh, obviously sure. one of the best although not my personal number one Sure. totally understand the first time I watched it I was like oh shoot I have no idea what I'm gonna do for trivia and the second time I watched it I was like oh shoot I have one question <laughs> so yeah really good um, Thanks for thank you for in. writing Did in from
1: you. I hope you were well
0: alright and last but not least our daddy-o mm. our cat's pajamas that made my ovaries tingle as well <laughs> community said hi guys if you keep insisting on calling me community daddy and we I need to talk to steven's mom with whom i am not estranged because we have never met <laughs> she feels the same way she uh we can arrange this <laughs> yeah we need a family um, also... meeting on the pre-show <laughs> oh my god can we please sure uh also the way they got to play the game Was that Dan met with the creator and they worked it out because Dan truly loves D and D, and they pushed the lawyers out of the room. (laughs) Um, Well, no, I heard
1: there was a story where they were talking about if they could do it or not. And the yeah. network, when they just tried to do it through the network, were giving them a lot of like restrictions of what they could and couldn't do, so they almost turned it down. But Dan called up the guy who like who was one of the people uh, over at D&D who could make decisions like that. And mm-hmm. I guess there were like 12 lawyers present for the phone call, but it was just Dan and the other guy like geeking out about D&D and talking about what was going to awesome. be in the episode, and the guy was like, you can do it.
0: So kind of a cool connection that this show almost has to D&D uh Danny, one of our top tier patrons, mm-hmm. uh, you've seen her on the pre-show before. Um, one of her former students actually was a writer for Dungeons and Dragons. That's pretty cool. Yeah, cool guy. Super cool. hmm Um Trivia. Yes. Which of the character sheets was meant for Shirley? Had
1: to be Lavernica, right? Oh, I don't know which one was meant for Shirley. I just know she ended up with zippity doo.
0: Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Um and let's see. Is the voice actually over the cleaning lady? I would imagine no. It doesn't really no, look like it. No, yeah, not at all. It was a, it was a British woman, I'm assuming. Well, um, and then which line of Brita's was improvised? Is it the sex line? I hope it's the sex line. If it is, that would be
1: really funny. Yeah, all right. Uh, they, with, they, they with, the,
0: with the middle one, it couldn't
1: be because they talked on the commentary about the woman who did do that voice recording.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't know it when they hired her, but it ended up being like one of the writer's wives. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Here are the answers. It is Lavernica. Laverne and Shirley. Um, oh, okay. And the character has three of everything, just like Shirley has three kids. That's funny. Nice. nice. I like it. Um, and then, no, of course it's not that Hispanic cleaning lady. It is the wife of post producer Jake Ost. There Lisa we go. Not Monahan Ost doing an impression. That's not her normal voice. Hmm. And then, when Jeff says, "What am I good at?" Britta says, "Sex." Is that our last email? Um, it is. Well, then I want to go right into,
1: before we do your uh, recap, I want to go right into what my favorite funny moment of the episode was. Because it it was just that. It was the Jeff sex moment. I watched the episode four times, and I was really looking deep to try to find the best, my favorite funny moment. But I kept coming back to that little aside that doesn't have anything to do with Dungeons & Dragons every time. And almost my favorite thing about it is after... And I guess if it was improvised, it makes sense. But after Britta says sex, it cuts to Jeff making this like genuinely shocked face. <laughs> yeah. And it was right after Jeff had done something good in the game. So he was saying like, what am I not good at? And he's like riding high and then he's like still smiling. And you just see him get taken down like 20 pigs when she says that. That yeah, is my that favorite funny moment. What is That's yours?
0: probably a, a very, very close number two for me. My favorite has to be um, the Hector seducing the stable maid. I think. that Oh, that was sure, just... of and, course. And especially now, like really watching it closely and reading Annie's lips when she talks about cupping. She the talks about her member and the rice and bringing out her large member and yeah, it's so good. And it even good. you know between Troy writing things down, but even Abed's. <sighs> At yeah. the end, as he sits back into his seat and then cuts a- right back to Dungeon A lot Master of mode. things about that montage, and a lot of montages like it
1: in the episode are just... Mm-hmm. So
0: okay, good. so then let's do what we got to do. We're going to find
1: out. The people want to know. They're on the edge of their seats. I feel like we already know the answer, but we're going to dig deep. We're going to set a timer for 20 seconds, and we're going to find out. Everyone, say it with me. You all know the words, you Pigs. Let's find out, did Did Steven watch the STD this week?
0: Do you feel prepared? Are you ready? Do you think it's going to go your way this time? Here's the problem. I know this episode really well. Really well. And there's a lot to talk about, I think. Yeah, sure. And I don't know if I can do it in 20 seconds, but I'm going to do my best.
1: I think you can get to the heart of it. Okay. I think uh, to coach you a
0: little bit, don't try to get everything. Try to Mm -hmm. get to the heart of it yeah are you ready i'll try to only talk about sex for a brief moment but it's gonna be tough (laughs) i know we're gonna count it
1: down three two one
0: go Fat Neil's real sad because he gets called Fat Neil, so Jeff's like, let's play a game. So they all play a game, and Chang's there, and uh, Pierce isn't there. He's mad about it. I bet had Dungeon Master. They're playing the game. Uh, everybody has cool names, and then they're playing, and Pierce is pissed, so he's a bad guy, and then he takes the sword. They have to get the sword back, and then Hector has sex with a maid so they can get uh, some flying horses. So they can catch him, and they catch him, and it's surprise! He got a dragon, and they're fighting the dragon. He's real mean to Neil. He has a mean Stop. name to him. Okay, so you're getting an
1: instant F for one bad mistake. You didn't say what game they were playing. You said Fat Neil's sad, so they're playing a game. You did say Abed is the dungeon master, but nowhere in there did you say Dungeons and Dragons.
0: That's fair. Uh, that was ooh, a lot of pressure.
1: And if maybe I would have been a little bit nicer if you had gotten at least to the point of like
0: uh, Pierce and
1: Neil having their little moment at the end. But yeah. no, you
0: didn't mention Dungeons
1: and Dragons, and I feel like that's a big one. <laughs> Records. No, you're Sorry, right. Dude. That's
0: that's fair. I'll take the F on that one. Valiant
1: effort. It's a. It's an. I'm giving you an F as like a teacher that
0: knows you can do a lot better, right? Yeah. Every teacher that ever gave me an F sure did know I could do better. But did you? Nope. <laughs> nah. Well. <Let's> <laughs> Uh, yeah i'll tell that story a different day the way you just woody allen like
1: uh, 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 like four times wow you know what's let's... even worse
0: than getting an f is being compared to woody allen that's right, right. yeah come on the I, show more, woody let's talk about it more ants. than
1: an f i gave you the real the i gave you the full woody oh no all right let's get into this episode it's I'm a not very, your Asian, very classic daughter. episode of television and we're already forty-five minutes into this goddamned podcast, <laughs> <laughs> so let's open it up. And the entire opening of this episode is super uh, iconic. The way that they put this all together, and instantly you know that this is no typical episode of Community, right?
0: Mm-hmm. What does it's it special. remind you of? The shadowy figures makes me think like I'm, you know, watching some sort of like fairy tale movie like it seems like the opening to totally like the, or the
1: way the camera pans so you can see the mean kids laughing at Neil and he yeah. puts his head down in shame there's so many things about this opening montage and the way that's filmed that make it feel really fantastical and if this episode gets anything right more than anything else it's making the kind of mundane within the episode feel really fantastical and feel really uh, uh like hyper realistic because of the way it's edited and the sounds that they use and the music that Ludwig put together for this one. And it's right from the beginning you can tell that this is no other episode. And we focus a lot in this beginning on Neil, like entirely on Neil, which I think is a really cool choice to make this episode that could have just been the study group have a reason to play D&D because Abed really wants to do it. But to make it this morality play and to center the episode and kind of give the main focus to a character that we've barely seen before, uh, it's really cool. And Yeah, I love it. We can't say enough that Charlie Kuntz, for being at the time not a super established actor who was someone who got hired to play Fat Neil a few episodes ago just for like a one joke thing, and they liked the performance that he did just for that, that they decided to
0: put him into this episode in this way. Well and he gives an incredible like emotional performance in this one. I mean there's a couple times this episode that I you know welled up a little bit cause it's, and it's, he doesn't oversell at all and no. for a uh, uh, you know a character actor who's
1: more in the background of a series that they give the the limelight it, he could have oversold it a lot but you this sh- this episode does a great job with the emotional storytelling of showing us without telling us which is something that yeah. I really appreciate. But Freaker. yeah, basically the conceit is Fat Neil has been—that's all he's known as at, at, at school. He's not Neil after one person coined the phrase Fat Neil. Uh, slowly, by 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 incident after incident, he, that's all he is. That's all people know him as. Even teachers call him that when they call on him in class, and it's really, really sad. Yeah, it's awful, and it gets to the point where Neil. the show doesn't outright say it and the show does a really good job of dealing with a topic like this without lampshading it but also not making it like a very special episode Mm -hmm. Neil contemplates suicide because of the bullying that he's getting from everyone at this college and Jeff picks up on this which the narrator who's doing all this notes that it's a little bit odd that Jeff is the one who who picks up on this and decides to take him in Mm Mm-hmm. So Jeff notices that Neil's going through this stuff and pretends to be really interested in Dungeons & Dragons, which Neil is uh, a a big fan of. So Jeff has a couple of, you know, kind of half-assed conversations with someone who's in a position like that. I feel Mm -hmm. like we did stuff like that at school. Yeah. Where... Uh, you know, you know, someone's going through a hard time. So you have a couple of conversations with them mm-hmm. trying to pretend like you're kind of pretend you're like, like, Oh, you're interested I in what like
0: they're that. In. You know, like it, the kid that, that, you know, to give an example, like has pictures of trains all over his locker. You're like, like Oh, you're that's like, really oh, cool. I was on a train once. <laughs>
1: I had, there was a kid that went to our school who was kind of like that. He was kind of on the outskirts. He was a little bit weird and I wanted to be nice to him and he was really mean to a lot of Mm -hmm. people, but he was really picked on by a lot of people Yeah. and we bonded over Spongebob for some reason And and then like the next six years he would all the time be tagging me and stuff on Facebook and be like my Spongebob buddy Zach will get this one and we like talked once.
0: that's a little bit you're a special friend to him
1: that's a little bit what goes on here uh jeff just kind of does that to try to help a guy feel a little bit better but he gets really deep into it when neil shows up with all of his dungeons and dragons books and gives them to jeff because he's not going to need them anymore which jeff and Annie, uh, you know, they oversee what's happening. You know, they can see the the lining on the walls, the writing on the walls. That, that Neil's
0: going through a really hard time, and they could potentially do something about it. Yeah, and that's tough. I mean, that's, that's a really heavy thing, you know. He was like, okay, well, I know this guy was nice to me. He likes Dungeons and & Dragons, and I'm not going to be here anymore, so I'm going to give them all to him. And it's Neil still being such a good guy, you know, and, and sweet guy and being considerate and doing that even though he's about to go through something terrible, you know?
1: Yeah, and it's so cool how an episode of this show that's so over-the-top and funny and zany really does have a serious, dramatic, emotional seed at the bottom of it. You know, it it, it, this show does such a great job, and this is probably the best example of it, of doing these off-the-wall episodes that could be like, I don't know. Some people think of Community as the show that just does like parodies. Yeah. But this is so much more than parody, and always more than it's ever a parody of what they're doing. It's a celebration of what they're what they're taking on that week. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's in no way a parody of Dungeons and Dragons. It's uh, celebrating the fandom of it, just like Paintball celebrates action movies and everything. Yeah. Like that. And I love and it. And it, at it, the it, core of it, there's an emotional story being told about these characters.
0: Well, and it shows. I mean, I think that you know, without getting too deep too soon. but The Dungeons Mm -hmm. and Dragons was a a way that people who maybe didn't have a lot of friends that they could do things socially with could Mm -hmm. be together in a social group and meet new friends and do things like that that gave them kind of a sense of community and friendship that they could bond over something. Hey, yo. You said the thing. I did. And then, you know, this episode, it shows how a group of people coming together to kind of surround one person and do something for him can, you know you know save them in a a sense but also just kind of give them hope and give them you know optimism
1: yeah it's a really great episode and i love the little sequence here still in the opening sequence when they're introducing all of the study group members who have been uh, gathered together to solve this neil issue and they all get their epic fantasy movie entrance and i love troy's face and his
0: stance (laughs) when
1: troy the obtuse shirley the cloying I like Ab- Abed, the undiagnosable, of course. Yeah. I like Britta's complaining about something for hers, and she's the needlessly defiant. And the best one is Pierce, the way that sense. he he comes up to our screen and all, and like the narrator says, for the obvious reasons, Pierce, the the flatulent and dickish, and all the things they mm-hmm. say negative about him. It's really funny. Pierce is not invited, and it makes sense, right? That's another thing about this episode that works well with it. It continues the thread that's been going really all season of Pierce becoming uh, separate from the rest of the study group.
0: Well, yeah, and the last time we saw Pierce, he had just acted a, a fool and been a total ass in the mm-hmm. um, Celebrity Pharmacology episode. Mm-hmm. It tracks because... Pierce and Annie kind of had a moment of reconciliation,
1: but Pierce in the study group, we didn't really see it. And I don't I know. know if it's intentional that they went from that episode to this one for that way, but it makes sense that this episode would start with him being excised from the group. Mm-hmm. So they all decide that they're going to play Dungeons & Dragons to make Neil feel better in the study room. It's a really nice, sweet thing. We will dive into later what Jeff's uh, true... I don't know what he's really trying to do here, what Jeff's real yeah. intentions are. But if I'm being honest, I really like Jeff in this episode, and I really like what he's trying to do, and I think what he's trying to do more than makes up for what he had done. you disagree?
0: Yeah. And we'll get into it. I wanna, we'll, get into we'll dive it, yeah. into it
1: when we get to that scene.
0: I, do, I don't dislike Jeff in this episode. Yeah, I will say I, that.
1: I think it's a good Jeff episode. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the meeting where they decide to play with Neil, they realize that Chang had been there the whole time. They all (laughs) do like arms in the middle. And they didn't invite Pierce, but they feel awkward to mention Chang. So they just let him join anyway. And I think it's really funny how the whole conceit of this episode is kind of pierce versus neil because he feels like he's being replaced in the study group but he never mentions or has any issue with that chang is there no maybe chang's dead by the time pierce leaves but he doesn't you still think it would be like why do you invite chang before you invited me
0: yeah like nobody even pierce thinks of chang as anything no and you know in chang's you know in in defense of chang he did come in and save the day last episode Mm -hmm. maybe he earned this Yeah, and the episode really – the (laughs) opening –
1: yeah, Pierce gets his little villain moment at the end of this balance between good and Pierce, and the episode does such a good job – of just in this two-minute intro setting up so many things about what's able to make this episode so good. It sets up Pierce as the villain. It sets up how far uh, Neil's situation has gotten and how important it is to everyone to make him feel better because it's a life-or-death situation. And it sets up the stylistic differences that this episode will have over all the other episodes. And it does it all within these... Two and a half minutes. So then, the rest of the episode, we can be around the table playing Dungeons and Dragons, Which and is they great. do a great job of setting up all the things really quickly that they need to set
0: up for the phenomenal stuff that's about to follow. And I don't know. Do you consider this episode a bottle episode because it takes place pretty much all It's in the really, playroom. it's really close. But I don't think you can call it a bottle. Yeah, episode. it doesn't feel like one at all. You know.
1: Well, it kind of, it doesn't. It doesn't because episodes like comparative or sorry cooperative calligraphy really set up the episodes of community that kind of work like a play more than an episode of TV, mm-hmm. where it's all of the characters on stage at the same time, uh, like stuck somewhere dealing with a problem. And I think this episode has a lot of similarities to an episode like like uh, cooperative calligraphy, even if it's not exactly a bottle episode. Yeah. The opening, se- the theme song sequence in this episode is really great. I love whenever they play around with the cootie catcher in the music yeah. for
0: the show, and this one might be my favorite of all the times that they do that. It's really good. It's it's between this one and probably um, the Halloween one this season with all the spookies. Mm-hmm. The season four Halloween one has a really good one too. Mm.
1: I love the community written on the flag in this one. Yeah, it's that really looks good. great love it. And then we cut to it's kind of back to the reality of community for a second. They built up the I love the the difference between the the epic sprawling D&D music version of the theme song and then it cuts to a kind of awkward them all sitting around the table. And I'm sure a lot of D&D games, especially when you're not all friends or when you don't all know each other, they start kind of awkwardly. Yeah, and, And this one, all the focus is on Neil. Everyone's really trying hard to make sure Neil
0: has a good time and it comes off really creepy yeah i love especially troy's just like you could he doesn't know what's going on but he's like i'm just so happy neil that you're here and i'm gonna smile at your face because i know you're sad and abed's got his robot face on
1: Brutus being really nice it's a really sweet gesture and i've been in situations like this on both sides probably yeah i've been having a hard time and everyone's being really nice but you kind of are like come on don't just like lay it on thick you know don't just your Mm -hmm. butter too much butter on this biscuit Ooh. You know, they're 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 really buttering Neil's biscuit here, which is nice of them, but they they put too much butter. You know, you gotta have an even spread. Speaking of buttered biscuits,
0: you know what I love with my buttered biscuits, Zach? Newman's own mead. <laughs> Take a big ol' swig of this. The only alcoholic beverage that
1: doubles as a salad dressing. Exactly. Newman's own mead. But I like the awkwardness of this scene, how they're all trying to make sure uh, they're all trying to make <laughs> sure Neil has a good time. And especially because of what we talked about earlier in this episode, every time the first reveal uh, – because they're cutting around the table, and then there's the shot of Chang with the white wig and the pitch black skin and the elf, elf ears. ears and how his lips and teeth and eyes contrast from it. And honestly, it's a jarring and not not upsetting image. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, It is a little upsetting, but – and I'm a white guy, so whatever, whatever I think is wrong, anyway. But I laugh. It's it's like I so laugh really hard, uncomfortable, and it's funny.
0: <laughs> and and I, he's got I, a white wig and elf ears.
1: Yeah, the bit that I almost and the first thing that Shirley says, "Who's gonna ignore? Are you gonna ignore that hate crime?" And I love that the show's smart enough to call yeah. it out on themselves, right? He's a dark elf, guys. Be serious. And I love the the turn of lines when, you know, he went all this way, but he's not a nerd. He's not going to wear armor. <laughs> I feel like Neil can – the study group are having kind of a decent time with each other and being silly, but I feel like Neil, I don't know. He feels like the outsider of the group, obviously, well, for yeah. a lot of reasons. You can tell what he's going through, and the study group's really trying to get him involved. I've also definitely been in situations where – maybe you're introducing a friend to a larger friend group for the first time and you really want it to go well. So even if what they're saying is kind of missing a little bit, they you're still going to be like, oh, man. Hype it, you, up, you yeah, like great, it up. Yeah, that was great, dude. Yeah. And that's what they do here. And Troy, over everyone, is the best at it, the way that he doesn't have anything to say. He doesn't know anything about Dungeons & Dragons, but whatever everyone's <laughs> saying, he's like, Neil <laughs>
0: So he makes you happy, like a dragon. Neil,
1: yeah. (laughs) Abed sets up the game. They're playing a book called The Caverns of Draconis, and Neil has a character that he plays every time, and Abed's made character sheets for everyone. Something that's one of the little something that they've simplified about Dungeons & Dragons here to get the ball rolling because, you know, you usually roll for all your mm. stats and stuff like that. But it's a smart way to do it, and it works in context of Abed playing this game with yeah. people who would never play Dungeons & Dragons. So since he's a good DM, he went ahead and did it all for everyone. Yeah,
0: he took care of it and was just like, listen, you guys just be these people and do your thing. It also very much makes sense
1: that Abed would put a lot into these character sheets, but he's not very good at coming up with names. <laughs> so they're really detailed but we've got Mara and all the other ones Mara. that we worked through. Troy is confused because there's nothing to Jenga and I get that too. Uh my first thoughts do kind of feel like okay so you're playing Dungeons and Dragons but what do you are just at a table what's the what do you what do you, you pieces of paper? Yeah
0: it's interesting. So some people do use like little game pieces but there's no like board at all. Like I know my mom and brother yeah, have Yeah you have like, figurines little, like... and people will paint them.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: They did that whole thing. That's pretty cool. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And Abed explains
1: for the study group and for the audience who don't know that they're going to be playing a game that's role-playing, imagination.
0: Imagination. Unreal.
1: And it's going to be, uh, they'll make choices that'll tell the story to get through the story. And they start the game. They learn about the evil dragon Draconis, the treasure that they're guarding. They're working together as a team to track him down, kill him, and claim the treasure as his own. Uh, Abed is just the perfect dungeon master in every
0: single way in this episode. Yeah, he is.
1: He's killing it from the beginning. This is one of
0: my favorite Abed. Like, I think that this is like Abed in his element. Yes, and they don't
1: really call that much attention to it. They just let him do it. It, There's no like, oh my god, I've been waiting for the day where we do this. Where they make Abed seem like a good, like a big nerd. You know, Mm -hmm. he's just really good at this, and he's the one who does it, and he does a really good job at it. Yeah. The other thing about this that simplifies real Dungeons and Dragons that I I feel like they could have just done it the regular way is how Abed rolls for everybody. Yeah. I feel like they could have had just the same drama of whether or not the couple of roles are effective or not if they have the people throwing right?
0: Yeah, probably. I wonder why they did that. Maybe it was just easier for, like, filming purposes to just have Abed do it every time. Sure. I guess if you have, what, 30 dice scattered across
1: the study board (laughs) and trying to keep continuity with where each of them were on the – yeah, I guess that makes sense. Jeff goes first and he ends up getting skipped because he's asking too many questions. He can't just go with it. But Shirley does a good job introducing herself. And this is where we get the sequence of all the characters giving their names and and their features. (laughs) Shirley being zibbity-doo or whatever. I feel like Jeff is the only one who got probably who he was supposed to. yeah. Troy being Bing Bong, the archer and archer and such—that's a good line. This mm. is an episode where there are a couple of study group members that aren't super integral to the plot of the episode, but everyone's really well represented in this episode. Troy has some really funny lines. Mm-hmm. Britta and Annie Britta's both have great, some really yeah. funny stuff. Yeah, Annie's Hector the well endowed, and I love that. There's the moment where Abed made that for Troy, and they're all <laughs> cool about it. And Shirley's, oh, I bet you did. <laughs> It is weird, and for fans that like to paint Troy and Abed as queer... I bet they love that one, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a bone for them in that little sequence. But I think it's more probably that Abed's trying to be the hype man for Troy, knows that Troy would want to be like a big macho guy, so he lets him be one. Yeah. Britta's Lavernica, and there's a funny bit where she's listing all of her armors, and it's really boring, and we get another letter finish... Which is a running gag in community <laughs> we've been following. Chang doesn't like everyone's introductions, Retali-top. so he gets really dramatic. He's brutal tops the magician, and honestly, yeah, it is unfortunate, but it's it's very Chang. An arrow flies through the <laughs> air because Brutalitops, Chang, is making such a big deal out of himself and it just narrowly misses him. That's one of the first times we get some of these sound effects that really sell what's going on. Mm-hmm. Chang ducks as if he's really ducking behind an arrow and an arrow sound goes across and it, it really adds another level, another dimension it really to does. what's going on in the episode. There's some goblins that attack them and Troy tries to attack back using my additional notes which is a really <laughs> funny line it's not effective Ovid just doesn't even and Britta I'm sure a lot of people are in Dungeons and Dragons the way that Britta in this episode is like well yes but what are the characters in the world of Dungeons and Dragons yeah what is the through?
0: morality of what we're doing here she's the at t of people now I wonder when this came out was this pre AT&T and singular forming together to make the AT&T we know and love today I told you exactly when it came out. It originally aired February 3rd, 2011. Mm, That seems like post-AT&T singular combination. Probably. Mm -hmm. Britta gets hit with an arrow. (laughs) And I like how
1: Abed just is like, yeah, it hurts. When she acts like it hurts. (laughs) Jeff throws his knife knife style. There's so many killer lines throughout this entire episode. All the characters react
0: perfectly to how their character would react being thrown into this. And I love how they're like getting into the game their own kind of way right like they all want to be like they're playing the game they're committed to playing the game at least to the point of making neil feel better yeah Yeah. and i love it jeff
1: jeff does his (laughs) attack that works well he does 10 points of damage and it's a really really funny wholesome moment between people who have slept with each other when jeff says what am i not good at britta says sex and then jeff's face is just (laughs) perfect he's like huh what did you say uh, then Neil steps in and this is when he finally kind of comes into his element and steps in to do what he knows how to do. I'm sure Abed is really glad to have someone like Neil in this game for him. Yeah. He might feel miserable if it was just the study group <laughs> and trying to babysit them through a game of Dungeons & Dragons. He has the, his sword, the Sword of Duquesne, and he fights off goblins. Abed makes a really dramatic explanation of how Duquesne saves all of them. It's really fun. It's a great moment for Neil. Everyone Bumps him up. But when Britta says, what would we do if you didn't exist? It's totally bringing it down. It's like, we almost had him. Come on. <laughs> don't make it weird. Dial it back, Lavernica. <laughs> I like how the wind starts swooshing and everything takes a darker turn and everyone really dramatically looks over and we get Pierce's grand arrival into this episode. And man, I might agree. This is... This, Pierce is just perfect in this episode. He's he such a villain it. and he says a lot of things that really do kind of cut deep and yeah. and 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 feel really too far, but but Chevy has the perfect scowl on his face and sells it really well. When he uses this voice that's so like deep and just full of like hatred, it's... And it's so funny on top yeah. of being so bad. And I'll give Chevy the benefit of the doubt on this one. They mentioned on the commentary that Chevy was really unsure about them making his character do be so mean in this episode because some of those lines where he's just really calling Neil oh, fat yeah. over and over again it's really deep but they sold him and got him to know that like it has to be that way it's supposed to be that way it's cutting deep because it's supposed to cut deep and they said once Chevy came around to that he absolutely delivered and yeah. he really did he walks into the room and there's so many great things in this sequence when he realizes that the the study group is meeting up without him with another person to play a game and he has questions for everyone (laughs) when he finds out that it's dungeons and dragons i like how it's really bad but chevy (laughs) delivering first of all gay second of all (laughs) stupid and thirdly why was this a secret it's so (laughs) dramatic it's so pious it's so villainous and chevy just absolutely kills it doesn't he he really nails it i think it's just – also, who's Al Jolson? Al Jolson is a blackface performer. Okay, thanks. I didn't Google he's, it. He says – I guess he does comment on Chang being there because he says mm-hmm. you invited Al Jolson but not me. And you remembered to let Fatty sit in my chair the first time he says something with
0: Edge towards Neil. And it just – yeah, and Neil looks back at Pierce like, what the f***, dude? <laughs> yeah, Pierce just comes in just so angry at everyone and he's just yeah, lashing and, out.
1: and Jeff stands up and kind of tries to be – Pierce – there's a very specific reason why we didn't invite you. And if you let me explain, you'll understand that you're doing exactly the thing that we thought you would do if we yeah. invited you. But Pierce won't have that. He says we're playing. Abed doesn't have a character for him. He doesn't care. He wants to play. He makes Abed make him play. He's very demanding and threatening. And Abed is kind of like, all right. As you watch the goblins retreat, you notice a 67-year-old naked man with no weapons lying in the wet grass shivering. His name is Pierce Hawthorne, and I'm 66, Dick. And it's Pierce. It's not a character. It's just Pierce. Really funny, a really good way for Abed to work Pierce into the game. (laughs) And and they they set it up so you don't think Pierce is going to be able to find any type of leverage in this game. You think he's just going to be like
0: this bumbling idiot. But that's
1: not exactly what happens, is it?
0: No. Neil, being the good guy that he is, like immediately, is like, I'm going to go to him and I give him my cloak. And he, like, introduces himself like nobly. Tries to suck Pierce in the game, and it's
1: just after this dude called him a fatty a couple yeah. times. And he was obviously took off guard by that, but he takes Dungeons and Dragons really seriously. He wants it to be a mm-hmm. good game, so he wants to help out the new person who's joined their group of adventurers. And Pierce, it's just so funny the way that, you know, I don't they don't say specifically what Pierce would have to roll for some of these crazy things that he tries to do when he doesn't yeah. have any abilities or items or anything. <laughs> But the way that he just, one after another, gets everything that he tries for, starting with taking Neil's
0: sword from him. Well, and Abed is even in a little bit of disbelief, because I'm sure it's a high number that he had to roll. And every time, Abed's like, uh, he, yeah. he did it. Britis tries to tell Pierce to stop and says,
1: you're playing the game wrong. <laughs> but Pierce says, we'll see. I want to <laughs> know, are the stakes of Dungeons & Dragons this much that... This character that Neil's always had has had this sword that's really important to him. Would he be able to lose it in a game and then not use it next time he plays? Or would it just be a yes. refresh with his character next time? How he could anybody ever it. keep up with that? If You know uh, what I mean? Like, if you're notes. playing with a different group, you could just be like, okay, I've got this sword, right? I think
0: normally when you switch groups, you get new characters. Like, you usually sometimes will we'll get a new character for each campaign unless you're playing the same group, different campaign.
1: Well, but that's not what happened here. Is that something that they make to prove that neil takes dungeons and dragons really seriously and he's played it a lot okay so pierce is in he's gonna he's gonna do it chang tries to take the sword and pierce directly calls out blackface he says i attack him i attack blackface (laughs) and that's pretty much what all the streaming services said right like i attack him we will also attack blackface
0: we will have none of that
1: straight up murders chang it's a critical hit and it is really funny that as jarring and 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 bad the image of Chang all done up in black kind of is it's gone as
0: soon as he's there he's there for like a it's second it's so quick and it, they do such a great job i almost wish um with this episode because it's so funny when they have when he's like you know give me your character sheet chang and you know chang is dead now and they play this like haunting like music and he, like, slowly walks and gives... Kind of a Lord know, the of sheet. the Rings-esque kind yeah. of moment as he as he walks away a choir
1: music, gives Ovid the character sheet. Fades it's away. It's slow-mo, it's very dramatic, and then, yes, as, as Chang walks away, he fades away as if he's Marty McFly and he didn't get back to the future in time.
0: Right, and I almost wish that, like, Someone else had died just so we could get that sort of thing again because it was so funny. But it works. that It only happens once, you know. But it was it's so funny. Well,
1: there is the second Dungeons & Dragons episode that's in Season 5. True. And this one's definitely superior to that one in every way. But that one does that, what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. and it does it pretty well. Uh, There's some really funny stuff about the second one, and the Dean plays with them in the second one. There's some really funny stuff with it, so I'll be excited to get to that with you.
0: I have the image of – I can't remember who (sighs) – was it Annie again in the second one that, where she's doing like the humping in the montage in the second one that's so funny? Is it? I, I kind of forget, but probably. I can't remember whether it's Annie or somebody, but it's so funny.
1: So Pierce runs away from them after that, and he has the sword, and he's getting away from the group, and, and uh, Neil wants to go after him so he can get the sword back. And Pierce has a cloak, the cloak that Neil gave him, and the cloak gives him double speed, so he gets away from them really fast.
0: Also, I love how much research Abed had to do into Neil's character and items so that he could, like, know how they all worked. Abed's a great dungeon master. He would totally Mm -hmm. do that.
1: And Neil's really upset. He worked really hard to get that sword, and he wants it back. And I love how, and I think this is probably true to Dungeons & Dragons, a lot of time the fun and the adventure sure is the campaign that you're on, but a lot of it is the things you stumble into while you're doing the campaign, like chasing after a naked man who
0: stole one of your people's Mm -hmm. swords. I think, Zach, you'd probably enjoy... um, Skyrim or like Elder Scrolls, something like that, because it's literally like Dungeons and Dragons, the game. Low will play and Skyrim a
1: lot. I'm just really bad at open world games. I'm worth. I'm down to give it a try. I'd rather play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, totally. The next time Kevin Lanigan does a community themed Dungeons and Dragons live stream, that's like a evening thing. It's like two hours. We've got yeah, to try to do it. We
0: do. Absolutely. And just in
1: general, I wanted to put together something for when we got to this episode. Yeah. Didn't come together, and that's okay. But mm-hmm. maybe for the second one, we can. Yeah, absolutely. Pierce finding out that the sword is so important to Neil, he wipes his ass with it and makes Neil cry. It's really sad. Mm Mm-hmm. Charlie sells so well Neil's real emotions and, and the way that people do get really invested into games like this to where there are real life stakes to them Yeah, and the episode does that but doesn't at all poke fun at him for feeling that way about it. It takes it no. very seriously which is good because like- Dan Harmon was a big Dungeons and Dragons kid so he I'm sure it was
0: very important to him to not make it a joke at all well and like Neil sells it so well because he's not like being a baby about it. like he's like genuinely hurt and he's like kind of trying to hold it in you know Yeah. but it's like so much time has been put into this one thing that he actually can feel good about and then Pierce comes in and just shits all over ruins it, it in 10 seconds yeah Yeah.
1: Th- there's an awkward silence around the table and Pierce it's so hard because he's so detestable in this episode but so yeah. many things he says are so funny it's like <laughs> I take it that means I'm winning because everyone's miserable <laughs> you can tell and that's our commercial break afterwards. We're back into the intensity of the game, and everyone's just berating Pierce that, you know, he, he's, he's made his point. He's an asshole. This is what happens when they don't include him. He can ruin anything. Just just give up and just leave it. And Pierce just really takes it farther this time. In, an, in other episodes, maybe Pierce would have given in, right?
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that the he's so intensity removed from the group episode, that he's
1: yeah the intensity yeah and he he feels like he's got something to prove to these
0: people. So if they're not going to invite him, he's going to win the game no matter what it takes. Well, and I do love the tone that Jeff has when he speaks to Pierce throughout this whole episode because he's not kidding because he knows how serious this could be if Neil continues to feel the way he is. And that's one of the
1: things that makes me really like Jeff in this episode, and forgive him for his misdeeds because he is trying so hard, and he is so clearly emotionally invested, even if it's for slightly uh, making himself look better in the long run. It seems like he's really caring here. He is. Jeff, I don't think we've seen him do that for really any of the study group members to this extent, and it's really really good to see out of him.
0: Well, because any other time that Jeff were in this situation where for some reason or another... Like, if this were one of the study members that really wanted to play D&D, Jeff would be an asshole the whole time. And yes. Be like, super sarcastic. And, and not that's another
1: genius writing thing that they've done here to find a way to weave Jeff into why they have to play Dungeons & Dragons mm-hmm. so his character will actually try a little bit or else yeah. he absolutely wouldn't. You're right. Yeah. Pierce Megs, Abed roll the die to see if he can rub... It. <laughs> see if you can rub neil's sword on his balls (laughs) and abed's saying you have successfully rubbed your balls on the sword is really funny Mm -hmm. and abed's a good dungeon master because he brings up that he can't just make this go the way it's supposed to he's impartial and if he's not impartial the game has no meaning everything that happens is on them Mm -hmm. so they've got to do the adventure and they've got to find pierce and stop him from humping (laughs) neil's sword i hump it Jeff says, that's the deal, that's it, and makes Pierce come in the hallway to talk to him. Abed comes with him because he's the dungeon master, I guess, and he has to see everything that happens. Mm-hmm. And when Jeff says, hey, Pierce, come here, let me see you in the hallway, Pierce is totally acting like the kid who's just been sent to the principal's office. He like shrugs yeah. his shoulders like, what? He's like, what whatever. did I do? A little punk. Mm-hmm. And Pierce is just insatiable in his disgusting activity in this episode. Yeah. When Pierce says that, uh, that, and I think a lot of people do this, when Pierce says, sorry, when Jeff says that Neil is suicidal, Pierce is like, what? Ha! No way. It's probably just what he says. And I feel like people do that, and it's really insensitive. They absolutely do. And the, the line about using that line since he was five years old to get an extra slice of pie, it's so awful. It's but so Chevy scary. delivers it perfectly yeah and True. Jeff's anger at him is delivered so perfectly in this we've never seen Jeff like this before Mm-mm. it shows that, that, that Joel McHale really can't act in this episode yeah. the way that he's genuinely steaming you can see the smoke out of his ears against Pierce and Pierce is barking right back at him and the it, it comes to a head with the perfect uh, you know I don't like being excluded Jeff do you? yes yes <laughs> and Jeff says, just fix it, just go in there or you're out of the group, fix this. Pierce rightfully does say, I, I mean, before he ruins it with the erection line, he's mm-hmm. like, I'm sick of you guys saying this to me all the time, that you'll kick me out of the group and talking to me like a kid, and I'm pretty sure the line giving me that look you give me as if I can't get an erection is something that Chevy said on set that they wrote into the script, and I want—I bet that was oh embarrassing god. as hell to have to yell back in an episode. Oh my god, that's f- hilarious. Now, I don't know it to the extent. Maybe he said it knowing that what he was saying was funny and it was a joke in the heat of the moment or something, but they definitely called him out on it and made him say it on yep. national television. Pierce keeps running within the game, so Abed has him go to a different room that's separate from the group since the characters are separate, and Abed will come to him every time it's his turn. It's a cool way to have uh, uh, Pierce separate from the group and kind of working against them, and, and Which kind is super of like cool. even though they know where they are physically, they like race to find each other. It feels a little more real when they're physically apart from each other. Yeah, Jeff comes back into the group. Their new goal is to find Pierce and kill him. And Neil wants to go home. I can see why he would. Why he just want to be like this well, is yeah, because this was like he this didn't really. Well.
0: He wasn't sold on it at first anyway, yeah. and now he then as soon as he started actually having fun, it comes in and gets ruined and he gets called it fat a bunch of times. Yeah.
1: yeah. And, but Jeff is really adamant now that they're gonna murder Pierce Hawthorne. So Neil, do not do that. We've gotta do this. <laughs> We're gonna get your sword back. And and Neil agrees. I another really nice Jeff moment that I like, he's trying really hard. He's trying to think how can we find Pierce Neil suggests if they had a Pegasus they could fly to him. And Jeff's reaction of, "Okay, if that's real, cool. If that's sarcasm, I can't
0: tell. This is all silly." Well, I see, I actually funny. don't like that line. That's the only line I have issue with, Jeff. That he calls the game silly. That he calls it silly right after seeing how upset Neil gets about. Like he could have just said, "Like I can't tell if that's sarcasm or not." I without feel like saying that comes through. I don't, silly.
1: I think he means silly in a, like a way that he's out of touch from it. I don't think there's much edge to that. I can see why you say. I can see what you're saying.
0: Yeah, like, I don't think he did it with bad intentions. I just think that, I don't know, I wouldn't have called it silly right after Neil's, like, crying about his sword being gone, you know? That's true. You're right.
1: But Jeff does jump right back in, and he's the one who is now trying to get things done. He wants yeah. to search for a town nearby to ask someone about a Pegasus, and that's what kind of gets the game moving. Huzzah! <laughs> Huzzah! Boy. And he didn't pick the best <laughs> moment, but kind of. <laughs> then there's another really beautiful montage, not as great as the sex one, but of them all walking. We see the different miming that they all do of walking. It's really cute watching Neil watch Jeff walk. <laughs> Choi using his fingers to walk as he's describing himself walking. And, of course, the close-up, I walk with
0: them is very classic <laughs> well and it's so funny that it, it's literally them like walking and abed confirming that they are indeed walking because that's you how to, it's like one of them nodding affirmatively you do do this <laughs> it's
1: so great they end up at a tavern uh with beleaguered gnomes who hurry with mead for the thirsty elves but all races are welcome which is very nice Brita immediately, why are they beleaguered? What's going on with these gnomes? How can we fix this? Everyone's like, shut up. We're here for a reason. Lil told me that when they've played Dungeons & Dragons, that they've totally been in a situation where it's like, they're trying to get through the campaign, and they'll be like, oh, well, why are these people repressed? Should we save them while we're here? It's like, yeah, you could totally do that, but we're trying to do something. Come on. We have an objective. <laughs> Stop being the AT&T
0: of people. This is not a side quest type campaign. We do not
1: have unlimited time. One of the great things this episode gives us is when Abed then becomes a character in the world as Dungeon Master, it's and he so turns good. into the gnome, and he has his hunched back and his voice that he makes up with a with first a made-up
0: language. Nobody
1: understands it because he speaks gnome. They can't communicate. <laughs> but Britta can, which makes everyone eye-roll because is the one taking this too far in the first place. They have a conversation and Britta is insanely nice to the gnome and and it is funny the way that Britta says cuz Dungeons and Dragons and other fantasy games do have things with races where it is they like do. this race is three above this one and when you think about it and it's it's nothing really but when you think about it in real world terms you're like what there are races that are above the other races Who in would this have game? ever thought there'd
0: be discrimination between so, different races yeah. yeah
1: so it's fun to watch <laughs> yeah it's fun to watch Britta be Britta and interact with Abed who's playing the game (laughs) and the way that Abed just plainly as this gnome explains that he's five classes below a human it's funny (laughs) the way Britta's like that's disgusting (laughs) Abed thinks he's gonna get executed for it. Abed as the gnome and and finally someone stops it and says Ask the stupid gnome about a Pegasus.
0: And Pegasus oh my is a God. word that the gnome understands in This every made me laugh language. so hard every time because Jeff's so pissed. Because Oh, I- <laughs> it was that easy? <laughs> ah, Pegasus. <laughs> I know that one. Jeff is just seething. That look could
1: kill. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the storage room, things are just getting more and more sinister with Piers. He's entrusted Garrett who they've they've put as a character who is also very much into Dungeons & Dragons, to give Pierce his crate full of all the Dungeons & Dragons books that he has. And this is a joke that I'm not crazy about, but it is kind of funny. The way that he bribes him with a candy bar and throws yeah. it for him to go chasing after it. It's very heightened and unrealistic. Let's see what yeah, the candy totally. bar is. Can we see? Garrett tries to explain how hard it is for him to get those books there, and, <laughs> and Pierce is like, okay, goodbye. If my doctor said, it is... You might be right that it's something like a Snackers.
0: (laughs) Right? It, like, almost says Snickers.
1: Let's see. It's Scadden's. It says Scadden's. S-C-A-D-D-E-N-S is what I see. Hmm. That was a (laughs) question, Lil.
0: You well, think I know what a scatters is? Because if, sh- if they watched this the same way that you did, there's no way they could have made out what was actually written on that. Mm-hmm. This is in like 360p. There's mm-hmm. no way. I love me a scatters bar. <laughs> mm. You, you I like, need to I wet really your whistle like the, after the a scatters they... bar? Mead! Oh. <laughs> Dip your sandwich in it. Dip yeah, your just, toes in just, it. Just how like... Oreo is milk's favorite cookie.
1: (laughs) Scatters, mead's favorite candy bar. (laughs) Nothing washes down the salty glaze of a scatters
0: like a mug full of mead. Nothing like a goblet of mead to just soothe your throat. Maybe. Upset stomach? Drink more mead. Upset stomach from the mead? Eat
1: a scatters. Upset stomach from the scatters? Another mead will do you. I really do like that Garrett is interrupted by Pierce while he's in the middle of saying, and my doctor said, because it reminds me of like the Save Garrett campaign. And, yeah. And that something's clearly going on with Garrett that he needs help with. He goes after the candy bar, and Pierce is stuck with the treasure trove of all these Dungeons & Dragons book. that Hidden Within is the book of the campaign that they're playing. The Treasure Trove. I'm sure it doesn't give all the information that Abed would have specifically chosen for their game, mm-hmm. but it definitely gives away a lot about the world, the map, yeah. the abilities, everything. Pierce has got it. It's totally cheating, but I'm sure people who play Dungeons & Dragons do this kind of thing. If oh, they're absolutely. playing in a group of people and they're like, oh shit, I have that book at home, I'll go flip through it for before the next time.
0: Mhm. And Pierce's- I think there are there are different versions. Like there's one that's for like players and there's one that's for dungeon masters. Right. Cuz I know my brother likes to read the player books and so that's how he finds out like what all the things do and like how to beat certain like right. puzzles that otherwise you like just wouldn't know. It's really interesting like how into it you can get. Interesting. It's a
1: really it's another
0: dramatic zoom
1: in on Pierce's face as he is flipping through the book and finds out whatever bit of information he really needed. Then we cut back to the game. They're at a field, there are a ton of pegasi, and there's a mysterious and beautiful elf maiden who is in charge of these pegasuses. And this is where we get a really funny thing that leads into that Annie montage. And it starts <laughs> funny before that because, okay, so Abed is an elven maiden now, and the elven maiden is attracted to Jeff's character, Mar. Mar. And I like how first Jeff is like, okay, I'll throw a little lightly flirty sign. A little, slight, sli- a little line, a little, a little pickup line, and says, "I explained that we need a Pegasus, and I don't know." Promise to fill it up before we bring it back. I think that's a cute little mm-hmm. quip that he throws, and it's not enough. Abed says, "She, she uh, Abed says, give me more. I want to hear more of that.'" And and Jeff really isn't willing to cross this line. Uh, he, he he wants. He says he says something sexy, but Abed wants more specific, and and Jeff doesn't really want to get more specific with it. but then he agrees to he says I don't normally do this but you are the most beautiful creature I've ever seen and I would really love a pegasus just like men to say something nice to get what they want out of someone Monster Britta Britta rolls her eyes and Shirley's like alright let's
0: go (laughs) which works for me
1: the two flirt and then Jeff reaches a gap and says he's not comfortable of this he doesn't want to go to the bed with Abed. He says, I lo- I know what you're doing, and understand I don't want to. He's saying it to Abed, but Abed is this elf maiden right now. She's offended. She seems disinterested. The end. No business. But then Annie tries. She's Hector the well-endowed, and she is willing to play the game the way it's supposed to be played, and I love, now we get that they, they start flirting. Annie and the elf maiden, or Hector and the elf maiden. They go to the stable. They light a candle. <laughs> Annie Hector Hector makes a makes a blindfold out of her tunic and the way Abed's like, Oh, I'd like to, but I don't sh and, and he shh, everything's okay. <laughs> and the elf maiden gives into it. They have a really lusty, sexy time. The maiden's blindfolded. I like the way Abed goes through all the emotions too. When she's doing the blindfold, he's like, Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> This is fine. And then we start to not be able to hear them. And we get motions that, that, that mimic Annie grabbing the elf maiden's breasts. Mm-hmm. Blessing, and Abed right? then, like, confirming what, what she's doing. And if it happens that way. Meanwhile, everyone's watching. This is super dirty that they got this on television. The yeah. And he's like, two, three, three four, four fingers? That's how many fingers you need to tackle a snackers. Or a oh, snap. boy. What was it already? Scatters, scatters, yeah, <laughs> scatters is definitely a four finger candy bar. And your mead, you know, you can order it as one, two, three, or four fingers. People do that, don't they? They're like two fingers of oh a, yeah, of that's a, a thing. A, yeah, uh, four fingers. I'm not mead. that
0: fancy. I just simply like a a droplet of of glacier you have water a spritz in of my... your finest. Could you please let an ice cube drip one drop of melted ice into my bourbon? Yeah, you like to do that before you mix it with root beer. hmm exactly. I'd like a cherry
1: Coke with my whiskey, please. Annie, and there's so many of these things are my really, really dirty. Member. The way she flips out her huge f-ing dick, and She's you can like, hear it slap yeah. on the table. <laughs> Abed is being tied up, it's getting really dirty. Uh, Abed gets I bend you over behind. and spank you, at which Troy Troy's like, all right. flips his character sheet around, and he's like, oh, shit. I didn't know about some of this stuff.
0: Starts writing notes. it
1: down. And then I love at the end when they're back to matter-of-factly saying what happened, and Annie says, that,
0: I stroke her hair lovingly and spoon her for the appropriate amount of time before leaving.
1: How long is that? How long is that, Zach? I'm still waiting for an answer. Uh you know, I'm always asleep less than 3 minutes after <laughs> I climax, so I don't Sometimes I don't 3 you. minutes
0: before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I <I've>, yeah. <laughs> I've never been awake when I've reached sexual climax. Oh my God. Uh it 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 can Well no, it's just because of dreams. <laughs> just no because no of dreams. no human being uh, only in dreams. No human being other than steven has touched me that way and steven just doesn't know the right places
0: the only man who's ever been inside of me and i mean every word of it
1: <laughs> <laughs> cool cool he writes it down the elf maiden is satisfied they promise a flock of pegasi they all get a pegasus and they get a break while abed goes to check on pierce and Pierce has been waiting for this time. He's been thinking about his turn. He's built this fortress out of cones and boxes. <laughs> he's drinking wine. And from this, on, from this point on in the episode, whenever Pierce is in this room, he seems really drunk. Yeah. Well, you know what
0: he's sipping on? Mead. A nice glass of Newman's, Newman's own, own Mead. Own mead. Yeah, Are you an evil sp- villain and you want to be even more evil? Newman's Own Mead. Newman's Own Mead, now made with 10% less antifreeze. Woo! I missed the kick, to be honest.
1: Newman's on Mead. You'll go blind of your love from Mead. Also, you will go blind. (laughs) Pierce is so dramatic and a a canny or a hammy villain in this part when he... So many things, Abed. So So many many things. things. Chevy just eats up the scenery. It's so funny. Abed shows back up in the room and Pierce is with them. It's clear that Abed is kind of somberly telling them that Pierce has to be a part of, of this <laughs> again and explains that while soaring over the forest of Ingold, you spot a body and an elven cloak in the clearing. They think it's Pierce's dead body. The cloak's on it. It's an old man. They land safely on their pegasuses. They look at the dead body. <laughs> Surely I've dreamt of this moment for a long time. In the game. In the game. In the game. <laughs> but it's not Pierce. It's someone that Pierce has killed, and they get the sword back, but it's from a body. It's a message. Pierce is sending a message with the sword. They get the sword back, but if they come find Pierce, they die. It's the gnome from the tavern, and Britta gets a heartbreaking goodbye with him. It's it's a truly, like, you can tell that she's emotionally affected by this, and everyone, oh, yeah. at least Jeff or a few other people in the study group, get to kind of point out how silly it is that... It's just a fake person. He might have been fake, but he had a name. And I it's love after after Ovid says his name was Kyle, the wah, like the eagle screech that comes right after yeah. it, is the perfect <laughs> sound choice. It's excellent. I wouldn't expect you to understand. Pierce clears his throat and says, okay, no. Okay,
0: that line is great. The, the way he says, now, no. It's incredible. It's like, ooh, gives me tingles in my body
1: yeah now, if no. Steven said that to me, I wouldn't be climaxing in my sleep. I would be soaked oh yeah we're we've been <laughs> getting dirtier and dirtier as the show gets on uh our our daddy our sugar daddy. Mm-hmm. uh, communities on Twitter sent me a message or tweeted us something and about the saying barbecue? how uncomfortable they were with our wet wipes commercial and the, yeah. the barbecue masturbating cousin scenario. And I would like to very clearly say that I don't really know any cousins that I made that up.
0: Yeah. We're big rest development fans. <laughs>
1: I'm, So I had forgotten what
0: that was about when he tweeted that. And I couldn't remember exactly what was said. And I was like, he's talking about making a mess on mommy and daddy's couch. What was that? And then I was uh, (laughs) hearing the episode and that part came up and I laughed so hard because I was like, oh, my God, that is a lot, isn't it?
1: That was funny. I think it's funny when we do stuff like that. Yeah, me too. And who cares?
0: Yeah. Haters going to hate, right? Yeah. How about instead of drinking that hater age, you pour yourself a glass of Newman's own mead. Do you have a not so distant family member that you guys give each other the eyes but don't have the courage? Newman's Own Mead. We'll get you there. Newman's Own Mead. Drink it till you're not cousins. Zach and I did. Now we're closer than ever. But not
1: cousins. Okay. So Pierce shows <laughs> back up. He has found an amulet which has awarded him full control over the dragon Draconis, he he shows up on heavy wings, the study group is unaware of what's going on, and we cut back to a little bit earlier, Pierce giving away that he's found this amulet in the Edelman River Basin, the reflecting pool with a very special amulet at the bottom of it. Abed is so surprised that Pierce has learned about this, but Pierce knows he has full control over draconis which troy puts together troy it's also fun how there's a little thread in this that as the game goes on you even see troy who starts to get it a little bit more yeah as goes he starts on. to
0: understand the game a little bit yeah after trying to attack with his additional notes <laughs> so yes on
1: draconis riding on top of him as naked as the day he was born and controlling <laughs> draconis with the amulet pierce hawthorne i like how did he just give away the cloak he was wearing to the dead body to send that oh, message? Oh yeah, he's back so to he the he would Navy. just rather be naked?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and Pierce is just laughing crazily. He, <laughs> Abed announces that it's Pierce, that Pierce is one. Pierce is just lusting with, with power and says, say it, say it. And then he comes over to Abed's shoulder, perches on him like Abed's the dragon, and says, <laughs> Scream when I told you to scream. Pierce Hawthorne is my master. Prepare to meet your doom. They try to attack him, but Pierce can even stop time. He has a ton of spells. They're all frozen and helpless. <laughs> they should have just played shoots and Ladders. Troy is right. Yeah. Would have been a great time for everyone. Nobody ends up upset. Isn't there a thing where, on shoots and Ladders where you make a mess on mommy and daddy's couch? Uh, I think that is called shoots and Bladders, Zach. That- yes. Well, I think on shoots and ladders, when you get to the hot cousin barbecue scenario, Mm -hmm. if you if you uh Well I I, was in Candyland. No No, because shoots and Ladders is like they give you a a scenario and there's a good choice and a bad choice. (laughs) And if you make the good choice you get to use like the shoot to go faster, or if you get Mm -hmm. the ladder you know what I mean? It's something it's almost like learning lessons or something like that. Nice. We should play. So what I'm saying is when you get to the masturbating cousin barbecue scenario on shoots and Ladders, if you do what I suggest that you do and just masturbate in the in the RV bathroom, mm-hmm. that's the good choice. You get to go down the chute. But if you get your cousin pregnant, that's the wrong choice, and you do the ladder or escalator or eel or however you play that game. Escalators, right?
0: escalators, escalators, escalators. And Eels. then you Jenga. Nice, Zach. For all the kids at home keeping score... I don't know. I didn't have anything to say after Uh, that. We're all losing. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) specifically those who raised us. They (laughs) now Jeff is ready to give up. He
1: doesn't think there's any way out of this, so he says, "Fine, Pierce, you win. Just kill us. End this." But Pierce is so cruel that that's not enough. Killing's too good for them. And this is when he really, really toes the line, steps right over it, falls off the cliff of the line. He uses a shape-shifting spell to turn the character that Neil has built into, like, this image that he probably, in a lot of ways, wishes he saw himself as, right? Yeah. And Pierce uses a shape-change spell to make him as fat as Fat Neil, and it's awful, it's awful, and and Chevy delivers it really well because Pierce says it with all the bite. All he he wants to make Neil feel as bad as he feels for being excluded, and Neil did not do anything.
0: Neil didn't do anything at all. It's terrible. It's terrible, but man, does
1: Chevy deliver it with aplomb. It's the the one where he gets to call someone fat a hundred times. Unsurprisingly, yeah. is the most I've ever seen Chevy try to act in an episode of it's Community. Crazy. Maybe it's because when they play into uh, Chevy being, or Pierce being an uncontrollable dick, (laughs) uh, Chevy just knows how to deliver lines like that a little bit better. He's had a little bit of practice. Yeah. I don't know. SNL or something, right? Yeah, right. Fat Neil's – I hate saying it like that. Neil is Mm -hmm. crying again, and and, and Pierce just eats it up. Baste your chubby cheeks and tears of gravy. It's awful. Everyone's scowling and shaking their head no at Pierce, which is important to see to show that we're in no way glorifying what Pierce is doing. No. Sure, this is funny, but in no way are are we supposed to laugh that he's calling him fat, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And the way that you talk about how he delivered the now, the way he says, you weren't doing this when you were stealing my friends, the way he delivers that's good, too. Yeah, it's so good. And Neil says so helplessly, they asked me to come here. And this is when it gets awful. Pierce even says... You know why all this happened, the thing we were talking about. The only reason any of this happened is because Jeff is the person who coined the Fat Neal nickname in the first place. And Pierce was there when it happened. And to prove his point even more, he reveals that to make Jeff, who's been trying so hard to be yeah. nice and helpful to Fat Neil, to make him look bad. The way Jeff yells way over the line, Pierce, is really, really good and it's sad, and it tracks, and all of a sudden, everything makes sense, from Jeff wanting to be so involved in this, to why Jeff would feel so bad when he normally doesn't, it, just, it everything snaps together, and it's just such a satisfying third act reveal that brings us back to the real world outside mm-hmm. of the game a little bit, and man, it's just, this episode's so beautiful,
0: how it ties so many things together. Yeah, it's, and this whole scene is so good because you see how how uh, you know Neil is looking at Jeff, just so hurt because and Jeff is Jeff the is only person right at back school at him. who's been yeah. nice to him. Yeah, and Jeff does feel bad, and and he
1: should feel bad. And yeah. all of this is because he felt bad. But I really do believe you know Jeff is a cool enough guy that he could say something mean like that to the side of someone and it become a running thing like it did, and not give a shit and just be like, yeah. oh, that thing, I, that joke I said must have been really funny. But he did give a shit, and he saw what it was doing to this person and how he had a part in it, and he thought mm-hmm. what he could do to fix it. And we all make shitty choices, but a big part of whether or not we're shitty people is what we decide to do when when something happens. Nothing totally. would – Even though obviously any decent human being would jump in if they think something they said was going to make someone kill themselves. But yeah. if Neil had done that, there's a chance that Jeff – I mean no, nothing was ever – Jeff had really nothing to do with it. No. I don't know. I don't know. I think Jeff is way more selfless than he is selfish in this. Mm
0: -hmm. I think he he tries to make up for it for sure.
1: And everyone shakes their head at Jeff and and gives him shame, and they should because it's a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And Jeff isn't good here, what he scrambles to say. He's like, I'll make it up to you. I'll find a a fatter Neil." And and Troy gives the most pained huzzah I've ever heard. Mm -hmm. Huzzah? After the commercial break, we're back at the table, Neil is really hurt, and this is, is a funny interaction where Jeff explains why he said fat Neil, it was because he was using the water fountain, Some Neil was stand, another Neil was standing by them, and Neil says, well, you could have called them skinny Neil, it's like, oh, well, he's not that skinny, and he, he's bald Neil, he's black. And Jeff says, I don't look at the world through that lens, which I think is a very, very funny line that even in Mm -hmm. this moment where he's getting shit on Jeff rightfully, he takes the high road still. Well. But then he says, I shouldn't be high roading you. I'm the bad guy. And Pierce is like, yep, I win. You can all think about what you've learned. Don't screw with me and invite me to your crap. God, what a monster. Yeah, because everyone wants to hang out with him now. Yeah. Yeah. The study group is all uncomfortable. This is kind of a moment that reminds me of uh, Cooperative Calligraphy because there's the moment where things that started off innocently enough have gone too far, and now it's really Mm -hmm. awkward for them to all be in the same room with each other all of a sudden. Yeah. So they can't move, and this starts off a really nice thing to get us into the last turn of this episode, where they all start using their turn, starting with Neil, to have this kind of anti-I am Spartacus
0: moment where they all use their turn to pity Pierce mm-hmm. Pierce has a terrible line about raping the Duquesne family again again he says. yeah, and they all
1: use they're they're all like, okay, we pity you, obviously Pierce is going through some shit and yeah. he's acting out, and we're sorry for you, man. He's like Pierce keeps insisting, no, no, I'm I was built for this. I'm having the time of my life. This is great. It couldn't be going any better. He won, but no, he didn't. He's such a loser really neil got to go through what he needed in this to see that he's better than the people that are bullying him he's better than the people that are calling him fat neil by being someone who doesn't call people stuff like that right and neil's able to learn this through pierce's heinous actions and they're all kind of able to neil is even able to say that he's going to be all right they worry about pierce because he's so fueled by this hate Mm -hmm. and yeah i don't know that's a nice moment it's a good way to turn this around on him and Pierce's like, okay, well then whatever, unfreeze time. And I guess now he's going to try to kill them, but everyone can move now. Pierce breathes fire on them, but he used his move unfreezing time, so they all get a a turn first. Duquesne throws his sword at Pierce's neck, and if it does, it'll lose the amulet, lose Pierce of all his power, just turn him back into the sad, naked old man he is. He's got a roll in 18, and the episode does a really good job of Uh, of making a really making a meal out of this because when you're playing dungeons and dragons i'm sure there are big moments you need that role everyone's on edge did he get it man Mm -hmm. yeah you did it's like getting a a last second touchdown in the soccer goal right yeah (laughs) exactly that (laughs) home run for you zach they eat up the moment it's really great they get what they need they win and one of my only complaints about this episode is now that he's rolled that big thing, the episode's almost over and you almost want it to be a double length episode. Don't this you. This episode goes by so fast. The stakes it's, are so high. Yeah. The highest you're, they you're almost ever every are every second community. of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. every every second of the episode is so engaging. They win, everyone reacts bigly, Neil saved the day, Pierce has been foiled. The amulet is smashed. The dragon turns away. Swallows Pierce alive. Pierce (laughs) is dead. Neil saved the day. It's all great. They get the treasure. They win. And I really love Abed's thing of like, I've been your dungeon master. I hope you've had a great game. Excelsior. Super wholesome. It's a really winning, uh, what do I want to say? It's a very celebratory moment
0: that feels really well earned. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that everyone's like taking their character sheets with them when they leave, too. They're like, okay, this is the, mine now.
1: The episode could end there and be satisfying, but what it decides to do instead, I vastly prefer. It yeah. could end here because Neil feels better about himself. They won the game. Pierce has been chastised for his behavior. But at the end, it's revealed that, you know, Neil stays behind and says to Pierce that, in this, for whatever reason, this is the moment in this episode that almost makes me a little bit this emotional. Is what, yeah, for where, sure. Where, you know, both. Neil and Pierce are really lost people. And Pierce definitely said some unforgivable things to Neil. And it would make sense if Neil never wanted to see Pierce again. But Neil says that that was the most fun game that he'd ever had in his life
0: and that he wants to play with Pierce again in the future. And well, asks what if he that wants means when he week. says, like, do you want to play next week? That means that he's not going to go kill himself. You know, it yeah. means that he's like, I'm thinking next week now when before he gave Jeff all his dungeon yeah. stuff. Cause he's like, I'm not going to be here long enough to use it again. You're right. And that's that's awesome.
1: It's a great moment. It was the best game I ever played in my life. And I love Pierce's disgruntled when he says, do you want to play again? (laughs) And he's like, "Ah, uh, maybe. Maybe. But you can tell that he's like, oh, cool. He asked me again. That was really fun. Mm -hmm. I'll kick his ass again. Yeah. And then the moral of the story still is from the narrator that Pierce saved the life of Fat Neil while learning very, very little yeah. And that really last surreal reveal that the the person sweeping outside was the narrator <laughs> and we fade out and that's the end of the episode. That reminds me uh don't didn't they do something kind of similar in the Halloween episode with the George Takei thing? Maybe not. Yes. Uh with the uh I don't know, whatever.
0: That's the end of the episode. Somebody was vo- was voicing over something.
1: Not a lot to say about the end tag this week. Uh, it's completely disconnected from the episode. They really missed an opportunity here to come up with a cool, even more fantastical end tag to mm-hmm. kind of go off of the episode. But they said on the audio commentary that they kind of bank these and and mm-hmm. they put them into episodes. And then an episode like Dungeons & Dragons, they were really behind on writing, I'm sure, trying to figure yeah. out how it worked. So they don't really have time all the time. That's what they let go. And it's a funny enough one. Uh, Troy and Abed walk into the study room discussing whether it'd be better to have a tail or to have what big ears big giant ears. ears and they walk in asking the study group to settle the argument but the joke is that it's not the study group it's this group of older asian women that have the same study room <laughs> that they have at this hour and it, that could be the joke but then it's a little bit funnier that they the asian women actually get interested in what they're talking about and give their answer
0: uh what's your answer would you have rather oh, have i'm a tail team or giant tail ears? for sure I, the giant ears, I don't want to hear all that. But the tail is harder to hide and
1: a little bit more embarrassing, I, I, think. I don't need to hide it. You'd be proud of the tail?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, more we've already than established f-
1: <laughs> furry. And that's the end of the episode. What a <laughs> phenomenal episode of television, and don't let any of that unsettle what we said in the beginning talking about the controversy with this episode. If the episode's depiction of blackface steers you away from enjoying it, I get it. Mm-hmm. And you're not wrong. I still think there's a lot to love about this episode. Do you?
0: Yeah, I do. It's still in my top five episodes of the show for sure. What were you going to say? You were
1: going to tell us where
0: it ranks. Uh, After watching it today, and I have to rewatch a few of my other favorites, but it's probably sitting at number two right now of everything. Below epidemiology? Yeah. It's real close though between them. It's like they're neck and neck. This episode is handily my favorite episode that we've covered so far. Yeah. It's I,
1: perfect. I, Every second of it is perfect. And, well, and here's the thing. I was is thinking too it, it was
0: it. number one. It's it's switched between one and two of it's the hard. Of just recording this. It's tough. So I'm not sure. I think number
1: two my number two is cooperative calligraphy. And this mm-hmm. is my number one of it. It's a great episode. Who's your MVP? Who stands
0: out? Okay, so honorable mention to Neil. Yeah, I think he has a fantastic performance it's it's not over the top and it's exactly what it needs to be I honorable mention to Abed because he's in his element, he's killing it but I gotta give it to Pierce as much as I hate Pierce this episode his delivering of he really took being a villain perfectly this was both the
1: writers using Pierce in the best way possible and Chevy playing Pierce about the best that he has I Mm -hmm. totally get why you would go with that I'm gonna go a different direction I'm gonna give my MVP to Abed Because Mm -hmm. he's so in his element, he does such a good job, and he is the perfect impartial dungeon master where you forget he's there, but he's also doing so much to keep everything running as smoothly as he possibly can, staying calm, cool, collected, even as things move unpredictably. What a great guy. If I was playing Dungeons & Dragons and I could have Abed as a dungeon master, you'd know it would be a legendary game. It'd be so great. And that wraps up this episode of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. I feel like sometime anytime in the future whether it's for a podcast or not it would be fun to play a game of dungeons and dragons with you in some capacity
0: oh for sure i i yeah. bet
1: justin would do it i bet we could get i bet lil would do it we could totally mm-hmm. get some type of zoom D party game absolutely we could going on That'd it'd be, be so awesome. much fun well any last words for the people on behalf of newman's own mead or the kissed by an old man essenced uh, trivia we, we had a lot of product stuff going on today
0: you know, after an episode like this, I'm gonna put my feet up, crack open a, 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 a container of yeah. wasabi flavored Kiss by Old Man Actrivia yogurt. Yes. I'm gonna crunch on a. What the hell was it? Cra- cr- no, cr- it's just an S. Ska- scap- scatter, a, sca- scatter. Scat- a scatter bar, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna sip on some mead. And I'm just going to reflect on what a great episode of television this was and a great show that this is and, and how much fun I had doing this with you today, buddy. It was yeah, great. me too. Uh, and really, nothing works better than
1: after you've had a, a, a long, successful D&D campaign with some friends. Nothing quenches that thirst of brotherhood like a good, old-fashioned, room-temperature mead. So, so go enjoy, and please use that promo code... Get your 50 cents off of your $150 case of mead. It's, it's really a great offer. And thanks for Newman's Own for, for uh, you know, working in tandem with us. And on behalf of all of us here, keep in touch with us. Next week, we are covering early 21st century romanticism is the episode. It's a Valentine's mm-hmm. Day episode. Troy and Abed have the same date to a dance uh, Britta befriends a woman who she assumes is a lesbian. And there's something else going on, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. Send in your trivia, MVP, and your favorite funny moment to can't can'tdisappointpodcasts at gmail.com. Uh, consider supporting us on Patreon for You Can't disappoint Show, Nerdstalgia, all kinds of exclusive podcasts. You'll get this podcast early every week. A lot of fun going on over there. And, Stephen, where else can people find us on the Internet?
0: Uh, well, a good place to interact with us is at Twitter. Over at the handle at You Can't Disappoint. Um, mm-hmm. We're also on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. Mm-hmm. And we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Just type mm-hmm. in the name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, and you'll find us. All right. Well, I think we've done it. It's been a great episode. I'm glad to do it with you
1: from inside the been. Dreamatorium. Black Lives Matter, Dark Elf Lives Matter. I'm Zach. I'm Stephen. And I stroke Stephen's hair and spoon him for
0: the appropriate amount of time before leaving. That's actually after we finish every episode. So, if you yeah. want to see that bonus content, subscribe. That's for You
1: Can't Dust a Post Show. Oh, <laughs> yeah. All right, bye, guys. Have a
0: great week. We'll see you next week. See ya. Be safe. Make good choices. I've got Dungeon Master's Guide. I've got 12-sided die. I've got Kitty Fry.